Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Our church is in a series called Reborn. Reborn, to be born again. Another word for that is to be regenerated, to find new life in Christ. And as I was thinking about this theme and this message, I couldn't help but remember my journey in the faith and really how it got started and how God moved and saved my life. And that really happened through my, my father's conversion. It was through my father's experience and encounter with God that led my family into the, to the house of God. When I was a young boy, I was about five years old or so, my father had got an illness, got really, really sick that left him bedridden in the hospital for over a month. He had something called walking pneumonia and coccygeal meningitis hit him. And then for two weeks, he was in the hospital where he couldn't get out of bed. He was so weak, doctors didn't think he would make it. They thought he was gonna die from this illness and sickness. And one moment in his hospital room, in the middle of the night, he heard something come into his room. And what he saw was a black shadowy figure. He kind of describes it like a grim reaper, like in a cape. And this figure was walking towards him while he's laying in his bed. And he tells him, hey, I'm your friend, just rest. And in that moment, my dad knew that this was death coming to take his life, to snatch his life. My dad was 30 years old. He hadn't accepted Jesus. People witnessed to him, but yes, he said, I'm not ready for that. So he ends up in a time he, he heard about Jesus, and in that moment when death was coming for him, he cried out the name of Jesus. And literally when he said Jesus, a light, shine bright into his hospital room, and that thing disappeared. It disappeared from his room. My dad woke up in the, in, the, in the morning, and he said it was like he jumped into a pool, soaked wet, soaked wet. But literally that day, from not being able to walk for two weeks, he started getting up out of his hospital room and started walking. And then four days later, he was out of that hospital and he survived it. My dad repented. He said, you know what? After that moment, he said, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering to Christ. It's a powerful testimony of how God can encounter you in the most desperate moments. And that's exactly what he did for my father. So literally that encounter and that experience with God led us as a family to the house of God. We started going to church. And this is for the, for the parents here. Our dad brought us to church, and then I had a personal encounter with God that changed my life. I want to encourage you parents to position your children to have an encounter with God. That is why it's important 
to take, I'm going to speak to high schoolers because we're the high school pastors. Take them to connect groups. Take them to the services. Take them to events where they can encounter God in a life-changing way that will transform them forever. Will transform them forever. You know, recently we asked our team, hey, who's discipling you? And one of the responses really stood out to us. One of, our, one of our leaders on our team, Karen Gonzalez, you guys know her, but she put my mom, and that's exactly what it should be. As parents, we should be discipling our children. Why? Because we're teaching in the word of God so that they will never depart from his word, from his house. We got going, start going to church, and I remember those, my earliest memories of being in church, I remember seeing my mom and dad get baptized you know, we, we started going consistently, and then at seven years old is when I encountered God. I remember going to an altar just like this, where my father was on his knees, crying, getting touched by the presence of God, encountering God. And I remember being just a little boy, but going there by faith, having some kind of belief, understanding, like, whatever's happening here is real. And I stepped into that altar and put my hand on my dad's shoulder, and literally at that moment, the Spirit of God filled me. I, I just started bawling, crying, and feeling the love and the comfort of God, something I never experienced before. And in that moment, I began to speak in other tongues, coming out like I never experienced before. I didn't understand it. Nobody taught me. No one taught me the scripture on that. I didn't even understand it. But God filled me in that moment. And that was the moment my life changed forever. Singularly, the greatest moment of my life is when God saved me in that moment, when he filled me with this spirit and my life transformed and changed forever. Years later, I would say the second greatest moment of my life was getting baptized and fully committing and surrendering to God. And then my third greatest moment was marrying Lori. Yeah. Because now we've built this incredible life together. We have incredible children. We're doing life together, doing ministry together. We love it. It's incredible. But that's like my greatest moments was that moment right there, being filled with God's spirit and his power. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is one of my favorite scriptures, and that's exactly what happened to me in that moment. I was made new in Christ when I received his spirit. And when I was looking at this scripture, three things really popped out to me about this scripture. And it was faith, it was grace, and it was repentance. Faith, grace, and repentance really stuck out in this scripture. If anyone is in Christ, how do we get in Christ? By faith, right? It's by, it, through faith. He is a new creation. How are we a new creation? In our sin, in our brokenness, how can we be made new? It's by his grace. Old things have passed away, right? The old man is gone. Repentance, we turned away from sin. The old is gone. The old has passed away. It is dead. It is buried. We have new life in Jesus. It's those three things, faith, grace, and repentance that I believe are fundamental in understanding our faith and in Christianity. So the title of my message today is Back to the Basics. 
Back to the basics. My first point is this. It's faith. You're either in or you're out. Faith. You're either in or you're out. There's this old song for you hip-hop heads by Mob Deep. There's no such things as halfway crooks. Scared to death. They scared to look. They shook. Anybody know that song? Two people. Wow. There's no such thing as halfway crooks. What does that mean? Hey, there's no such thing as halfway Christians. No, 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 no. There's no such thing as halfway Christians, right? Part-time Christians can't cast out full-time devils. No, you can't. Well, you can't. We're either all in or we're, we're not. And it's by faith that we enter in. What do we put our faith in? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... In Christ, that's by faith we get in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, the work that was done that saved us was a work done by Jesus. This means nothing, though, if you don't believe. See, it's not by our own works that we are saved. It's the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross that saves us. His blood that redeems us of our past, present, and future sins. So let me tell you about what I believe and what we believe here is I believe Jesus was the Son of God. I believe Jesus was fully God and fully man. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe Jesus lived a sinless life. I believe Jesus made the blind sin see, healed the sick, casted out demons. I believe Jesus came to set the captives free. I believe Jesus was crucified for our sins. I believe Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe Jesus is coming back again for his pride. I, I believe one day I will be in heaven in the presence of our King, King Jesus. That one day we'll be in the presence of our King, King Jesus. This is what I believe. This is the faith that saves us. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's the good news that we're not saved by anything we can do, but by the work done by Jesus Christ. I put my faith in him. I put my faith in him. I love the story of the thieves on the cross, the two criminals that were crucified next to Jesus because this, this story really sh shows this. One of them, it's the, the, in Luke chapter 23, it actually says that the Roman soldiers were mocking Jesus. Hey, the king of the Jews, save yourself, saying all these things. And one of the criminals was aligned with, with that same heart towards Jesus. Because one of the criminals started saying, yeah, like, aren't you the Messiah? Save us, save yourself. You really see his heart posture in that moment. And he was a criminal, but the other criminal literally says, hey, don't you fear God? Don't you fear God, he tells them. He said, yeah, us? I get it. We deserve this from what we've done. We deserve this. But this man, he doesn't deserve this. Not at all. He doesn't deserve this. And then that man looks to Jesus and he says, Jesus, 
Remember me when you go into your kingdom. Remember me. Remember me. And Jesus looks at him and says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. Surely today you will be with me in paradise. This man did nothing to deserve that. He did nothing to deserve that. But yet Jesus says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. I love that. I love that. And, and you know, growing up, I, I, honestly, I, I, I didn't believe that scripture. I didn't believe it in that way because of what I was taught. I was taught a lot of things that just weren't right growing up. And as a young boy, you know, I went to Sunday school, which is great. Any other Sunday school kids here? A couple of us. <laughs> we survived. We're here. Sunday school, learning the scripture, getting taught whatever doctrine and theology I was being taught. But growing up, I, I didn't believe I was saved until I actually got into a baptism pool and got dunked. So my belief was rooted in the fact that it was like, hey, unless I do this action, I'm not going to be saved. Or I'm not saved unless I do this. See, but that's the fruit of our faith. That's the fruit of our faith. The saving faith will say, I have no problem getting dunked. We should all get baptized. Absolutely, 100% do that. It's important to a believer. But it's not the water that saves us. It's not the water that saves us. It's our faith and God's grace that saves us. Faith, you're either in or you're out. That's a principle that we need to understand as believers. Grace is my second point. And it said, it keeps you in. Grace, it keeps you in. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, he is a new creation. How is it that we are a new creation? It's because of God's grace for our life. It's his grace for our life. What is grace? It's unmerited favor. That is favor you cannot earn. You cannot work for. We cannot work for God's love. We can't. We cannot work for his power. He freely gives it to us when he fills us with his spirit. It is his grace that saves us. If it wasn't for God's grace, none of this would be possible. I mean, think about it. How can a man like Paul, Saul of Tarsus, be a man that wrote most of the New Testament, say, hey, I was a chief of sinners. I was a chief of sinners. Yet, when I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Transformed his life and changed, changed his life. And he was a new creation in Christ Jesus. See, grace says when we fall, that God's grace is abundance for us. That when we fall short, that God's grace is not removed from our life. But he says, hey, come. My grace is sufficient for you. Even in your mess ups, even in your issues, I still love you despite of that. Romans chapter 6 says this. What? Shall we say then, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We too may new, live a new life. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. And I love our church because, you know, we are not a policy-driven church. That means you're not going to hear us say, you can't do that, can't do that. But we are a discipleship-driven church. That means we do life with community, life with people who love you and care for you that will speak into your life. When they see you doing something wrong, you can receive it because there's relational equity there. And that's how you grow in your faith. Living life with people that can speak into your life the word of God, the truth of God, and literally help shape those moments in your life so that you can live a life to look more like Jesus, to bring glory to his kingdom by the transformation in your life. We should all live our lives in such a way where we do life in community with people that love us, that care for us. That's why connect groups are so important. That's why relationships and friendships are so important because we all need people that can speak into our life that could help disciple us. When thinking about grace, there was re- something recently I seen on, on social media that really like popped out to me. It was, uh, and some of you probably seen it, but it was Kat Von D. I don't know, most of you guys, maybe the high schoolers don't know who she is. But she was a very famous pop uh, tattoo artist who had a show, LA Inc. Many years ago, she's a celebrity. But she was like very heavily involved in the occult and witchcraft and all that, all that world, all that world of darkness, heavily involved in it. She was married to the lead singer of Prayers, who's actually from San Diego, grew up in Sherman Heights. Um, and they really lived in this, this, uh, this type of life of wickedness and witchcraft. But last year, she ended up posting something where she said, hey, I'm, I'm done with, with all this. She had her tarot cards, her her magic books and all that. And she said, I'm throwing them away. I'm done with this. She says, I just don't align with this anymore. I don't want to bring this into my family's life. And then recently, uh, her, she posted on her, her social media Instagram account, her getting baptized. Literally getting baptized. Going down into the water, coming up into new life. That is the grace of God. The grace of God that you could be so heavily involved in brokenness and addiction and witchcraft. And yet at any moment you can turn to God and say, God, I'm done with that, God. Is your grace sufficient for me, God? Can you pull me out of darkness into your marvelous light? Surely he can. It doesn't matter what you've done in life. God loves you and he calls, him, calls you to him. to restoration and redemption. That is the love of God, the grace of God for our lives and my last point is this it's repentance and my point is this it means I ain't ever going back I ain't ever going back 2 Corinthians 5 17 old things have passed away the old me is dead it's gone I'm not going back to it I'm not really turning back to my vomit no I am new in Christ Jesus what is repentance it's a mind shift It's a mind shift to how you view sin. At one point, I was following sin, following the desires of my fleshly nature to try to satisfy me, to try to find pleasure in it. Yet, I found myself empty and broken because nothing can fill me like the love of Jesus. I turned from how I viewed that and turned to God. And the fruit of repentance is that your life is changed, that you no longer engage in those things anymore because you've turned away. The old has passed away. The new has come. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not 
a version 2.0. I'm not a better version of myself. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is not self-talk. This is not positive talk. This is the word of God that changes your life, that restores you, that restores your brokenness. This is the word of God that puts you on a path of righteousness. We are justified by faith. Justified by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. That no matter what we do, we can turn to you, God, and find forgiveness in you, Jesus. Because our sins are cast out as far as the east to the west, that they're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. We thank you, Jesus. I love being a parent. I love the moments that we have to get to teach our children how to live, discipleship. And it's like, there's sometimes that Luke kind of gets under our skin, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> He'll walk around and throw his orange juice on the floor, or spill something, and it's like, oh great, we told you not to walk over there. Stay right here, stay put here, eat your food here. But what I love about my son is that he has such a kind heart, loving spirit that when he notices he does something wrong, that he knows he can come to us because we show him love. That he walks to us and he'll kiss us, like kiss our leg and then hug us and say, sorry, daddy, sorry, mommy. And in those moments, I can't help him out as a father because it's like, I love my son. No matter what he's done, I love him and I forgive him. How much more so our Heavenly Father who loves us in the same way that no matter what you do, you can turn from any wrongdoings or wrong, any issues in life and turn to Him and find forgiveness in Him through repentance. I think we got a video I would like to share. So if everyone can um, turn to the screen, video good. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so, Look at me. Look at me. 
that's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Wow, 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 wow. That was a clip from Chosen. I love at the end where he says, you're not coming back here anymore. That life is over. It changes from here on out. And I love when, when Jesus says to him, he says, hey, you don't need the pool. All you need is me. All you need is me. This story, I believe it's John chapter 5. It's a story of the lame, lame man who was like that for 38 years. Can you imagine being broken and in dysfunction and crippled for 38 years of your life? To be at a, at a place, the pool of Bethesda was a place where it was these pools where God would send an angel and stir up the water. And as the angel stirred the water, when people entered in, they would be healed from whatever sickness, illness that they had. And the Bible says that there was a great multitude of blind, of lame, crippled people that were there. But this man was in that spot. And he says it in that clip that every time I try to go, I can't. 
There's no one to help me there because other people jump in. But the beautiful thing is that he didn't need that, that water, that he found what he needed in Jesus in that moment. And he was able to find healing in Jesus. And what really stands out is the fact that when he tells him, hey, you're not coming back here anymore. That life is over. That life, you're, you're stepping into a new life. And what that clip doesn't show is in, in the scripture, Jesus ends up finding them in the temple and says, hey, you've been, made, you've been made wow. You've been made wow. And he literally tells them this. He says, sin no more, because if you do, your life would be far worse, far worse. So that leads me to believe that in whatever he was dealing with, could have possibly been a result to sin in his life that ended up leading him to a place where he was crippled. He says, sin no more or else your life will be far worse. But the beautiful thing is this, is when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. When you are in Christ, the old has passed away. When you are in Christ, behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. And over 10 years ago, I, I was really involved in music and actually released an album called Brand New. Brand New. And it was actually the theme of that whole album was because of 2 Corinthians 5.17. I based the whole album off of that scripture. Therefore, if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. And this was my early 20s where I found myself backsliding. God told me not to step into a relationship that I willfully disobeyed. He said, don't do that, and I did it. And then it ended up leading me to a place where I was engaged in things that I shouldn't have done. Obviously, I, I knew it was wrong, and I knew I shouldn't be there. I knew it wasn't me, but yet I was led on this path of getting stirred away from the things of God. And this is part of my stories because I found myself in a place where, where I did reconnect with Lori. And she was literally my friend that kind of led us to, to be accountable for each other in that season. Because she was finding herself in that same place of feeling far from God, yet we re reconnected. We used to go to a youth group five years prior. You know, you guys know the stories. Uh, she rejected me and didn't want to date me, and that's fine. Because five years later, we reconnected. And we reconnected in such a perfect place in our life, in such a perfect time. Because we literally, that's literally what drove us into a relationship. It was a fact that we found ourselves accountable for each other and saying, you know what, we want to live for Jesus again. We want to do things right. And that led, literally led us to making a commitment to start dating. And, and you know, almost, we've been dating for almost 12 years now but God has been the center of our life, the center of our marriage. No matter what we've been through in our marriage, God has been there through it all. His grace was abundant for us in every season of our life. We put our faith in him and seen him do the most incredible things in our life. Miracles after miracles after miracles. It's the fruit of a life that is surrendered to Jesus. 
See, when you surrender it all to God, there is nothing he can't do in your life. He's the God of the impossible. What can't our God do with the life that is surrendered to him that says, I'm available to you, Jesus, that no matter where you want to lead me, I'm committing to you. I'm committing to you. Why don't we stand up? We have countless stories of how God showed up in our life. How we've been transformed through his power, through his word. You see, almost six years ago, I had a head knowledge of God's word. A head knowledge. I knew God's word. But until I stepped into this house, I began to have a heart knowledge of God's word. And really applying his word to every situation in my life. That no matter what I went through, I could believe his word and walk it out. And I've seen God do the impossible. I've seen him do miracles because I've been obedient to his word. I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe you're here and you've never made that commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I want to experience what you experienced when you were a seven-year-old boy at an altar. And when God filled you with his spirit and you began to speak in other tongues, God can do it. It's a free gift. Or maybe you're here today and you're like I was at that moment. Where I had back, what we call backs, that we turn our back on God. And yet, he was redemptive restorative in my life. His grace was sufficient for me. He called me back to him. You see, as a seven-year-old boy, when he filled me, I always knew there was something great for my life. I always knew, God, you created me for something. I don't quite know what it is. And it wasn't until I stepped into actually ministry is when God started to reveal things to me in my heart and say, hey, I created you for such a time as this. You are a voice to this generation. And then I began to realize this is it. God created me to minister, to be a shepherd to his children, to teach them the ways of God so that they will never depart from the house of God. It's no coincidence why we see graduating seniors want to stay in the house of God and not leave the house of God. So whether you find yourself in that place of wanting to accept Jesus now, today's the day of salvation. I want to give you a chance to respond. And I want to know if you haven't received Jesus, Will you receive him here today? Will you receive him here today? I told this to a 14-year-old boy Sunday evening. He said, I've been baptized as a Catholic. My parents baptized me. And I said, you didn't make that decision right. He said, no, my parents made it for me. I said, well, there's a time right now where you can decide to follow Jesus if you want to. And I shared with him the gospel message. And that little boy at the end of our, our connect group, said, I want Jesus. He stepped into the middle of a circle. We began to pray for him as he received Jesus, as Jesus filled him with his power and his spirit. God wants to use each and every one of you in the same way to lead people to him. But it doesn't end there. We walk out life with people and then we disciple people so they can be all that God created them to be. 
to live a life worthy of the call that's on their life. If that's you today, on the count of three, just lift up your hand. I want to see who you are. I'm not going to even say close your eyes because it takes courage to follow Jesus. It takes boldness to stand for Jesus and stand for his word. When the world and culture says otherwise, are you willing to stand on his word and let his word lead you and guide you? Let his spirit empower you to carry out the call that is on your life. On the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three, just raise your hand. I want to know who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Let's pray, church, together. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. I believe that his blood cleanses me of my past, present, and future sins. And I believe he rose on that third day, defeating the grave. Today I make a decision to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together. Now, if that was you, if that was you, or maybe you find yourself in the category of, you know what, I've never spoken in tongues. I don't even know if I've been filled with God's Spirit. I want to invite you to the altar. Because I believe as you step out in faith and step out in boldness and step out right here in this altar, just like I did as a seven-year-old boy, that God will fill you in the same way. He will fill you with this power and your life will forever be changed because the presence of God is in this place. So on the count of three, just come up and God will fill you. One, two, three, just come up to the front. Come receive. If you raise your hand or if you want to receive power in His Spirit, come to the front. Or maybe that was you and you said, you know what, I feel far from God. Come to the front to get receive prayer. Thank you. Thank you for being bold. People are walking up to the front. Let's put our hands together for all those responding. All those responding to Jesus in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. If you came up to the front, I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. Worship team, can you We're just going to worship for a moment in the presence of God.
Thank you, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, you are in this place moving on your people's hearts right now, God. I thank you that today marks the day, God, that lives are forever changed, God, by your spirit and your power. Holy Spirit, fall on them afresh. Fill them with your spirit, God, so that they may live a life that is worthy of the call that is on their life, God. I pray, God, that if they come here today with any bondage, Father God, of sickness or strongholds or any demonic praises, we declare by the power of God for every demonic spirit to flee in the mighty name of Jesus. They have no place in their lives, God. We have served the eviction notice today. The devil is served. He has no place in their lives. We thank you, God, that you restore us, God, that you redeem us, God, that your grace is sufficient for us, God, that no matter how far we may fall, God, that your, heart, your arm is not too short, that it cannot save us. Thank you for saving us by your grace. And I pray that each and every one of them will live a life of faith, God, that they will not walk by sight, God, but that way they will live their lives fixed on the things that are eternal, God, not the things that are temporary, God, knowing knowing God that you will work all things out for the good God because they are called by you to your purpose in your life Jesus thank you for loving us God Jesus mighty name if you need more prayer please come up to the altars the altars are ready ministers are here don't walk away tonight not receiving prayer for anything you're going through God is in this place we thank you Holy Spirit Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.